there's a lot of time, a lot of times that we um, just get bogged down in life. We get bogged down in the details. We get bogged down in the all the things that we have to do, and you know, then there's things that we want to do in there. And Lord, we just we feel like we're we're wrung thin. And uh, Lord, I pray that we would just be filled up in you. Uh, there's even times that in my own life I feel like I'll, we're going pretty hard. and uh, But yet, Lord, you even uh, this morning uh, just uh, you proved yourself faithful in my life. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you uh, would just uh, reveal this stuff to the, the Passpoint classes we go through this today. There's a lot of people that are out for different reasons, weddings and harvest and uh, just uh, different ministry activities. And uh, so, Lord, I pray that you'd get this to them on time. And uh, more than that, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us that are here uh, even right now. Uh, we praise you for uh, just the report of uh, the Hedges being home from the hospital and uh, you allowing Elizabeth to uh, just be uh, in recovery mode at home now. And I pray you would just bless them uh, for what they're doing there. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for the Passpoint class and their generosity to, to minister uh, in a time of need. And so, Lord, we do uh, pray praise you for that. We pray that you just speak to us this morning in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. <clears throat> I'm going to finish up this chapter today, and I really am going to finish this chapter today. <laughs> um, three pretty basic points. Um, so, all the, you guys know, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to, like, I, I don't I don't try to, to hide the fact that we've got a lot of things going on in life, and for the most part, I do a pretty good job of making sure I keep things in order and I'm one step ahead. And, you know, I've been getting up pretty early because with this, this marriage class that we're doing on Saturday nights, that's like added a lot of prep time. A lot of the stuff that I do, prep time is only for Passpoint for the most part. And, you know, teaching HBI, a lot of that stuff's already put together. So it's just kind of making sure I read through it and having it ready. And teaching D2 is the same thing. But uh, with this marriage thing, man, I've been, uh, man, it seems like burning the candle at both ends. Uh, there a couple mornings this week at like 3 o'clock trying to get up and get going. And, and Which, I mean, praise the Lord, I'm not, I'm not complaining. But I say all that to say, usually I use the week to get ready to teach Passpoint. And, you know, I was, I was like right before class last night finishing up last night because I just couldn't get it together. I couldn't make it come together and I hope it made some sort of sense for those who were there but I say that to say like I really wasn't ready for this morning and uh, I didn't know how it was going to go I was like maybe I'm gonna have to do some review because I don't want to just show up with nothing and uh, God really he showed me some cool stuff and so if you got your Bibles flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and so <clears throat> he used the first part of this chapter, uh, you know, and that was the last couple of weeks we talked about haters going to hate and they were basically attacking Paul from afar. You know, why are you, you know, this? Why are you that? Why do you think you need money to do what you're doing? All those different things. And go back and listen to all that. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Stoning him from afar. You're right. So there's just a lot of things uh, that were going on. And then he transitions uh, in verse 19. And so he he stops he he really didn't even defend himself per se in the first part of the chapter. He was just like, "Hey, this is why we do what we do." Uh, I'm not really saying it's right or it's wrong. Uh, you can decide, but it's right. Uh, but anyway, and then he goes into this uh, section in verse 19 that I think we really all should maybe take, you know, maybe some attention to. Uh, even you know those of us who are really busy about God's work. You know, there's some of us that I, I look around and like. You go, you're preaching to the choir, Jason. Like all we do is stuff for uh, Christ, stuff for the church. I mean, everything we do is revolving around that. And praise the Lord. But this is why we do those things. And he takes just a minute, and he's just like, "Hey, this is why I do what I do." You know. And sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you need to step back and say, 
this is why I do what I do. Sometimes you need to relate to people a little bit. You need to, you know, be what they need you to be so they can understand that, you know, we're on the same page. And so, uh, you know, the first night of the marriage thing, I had to, you know, back up. I didn't have to, but I wanted to back up and kind of share Paige and I's marriage testimony, not because that's where we are, but because I want to be able to relate to people. I want to be able to, everybody to know that, you know what, we've all been through things. And so sometimes you need to be able to meet people where they're at. Uh, and not that that's where people are at, but just so people understand that you're real. And so Paul takes a minute here and he's like, hey, this is why I do what I do. And so in verse, I'm going to read through this really quickly and then we'll get into it. So in verse 19, it says, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews, I became a Jew that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law and under, uh, as under the law, and I might gain them that are under the law. And to them that are without the law, as well off the law, and he puts in, you know, quote, parentheses here, not that I'm out there breaking the law, but, uh, you know, being not without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might gain the weak. To uh, I am made uh, all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. That's a really powerful statement right there, um, what he's saying there, that I might save some. Verse 23, And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. Know you not that uh, they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, uh, so fight I, uh, not as one that beateth the air, but... I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And so he basically says, hey, this is why I do what I do. And this is how I do what I do. And, you know, if you don't like it, I guess at the end of the day, I'm unapologetically me. And I, I kind of like that about Paul because he's like, this is what I'm going to do because at the end of the day, it glorifies Christ more than anything else. And so the title today is, uh, you know, why are you running, Paul? Why are you running, Paul? And, you know, some people will read that and they're like, what's he running from? But, like, why are you running? And so I'm guessing most of you, because it's a really high pop culture movie in the world, but you've seen the movie Forrest Gump probably um, at some point. I love that movie. Um, I think it's amazing. Uh, it just it, it teaches American history in a way that uh, I think a lot of people don't understand. And so anyway, the, but you, you remember the scene where, you know, Forrest is like, you know, one day I just wanted to go run in. You know, I just wanted to go running. And he you know, takes a run, he, he runs to the end of the road, and then he, you know, runs to the end of the uh, town, and he runs to the end of the county, and the next thing you know, he's running from coast to coast. And, you know, he becomes this this icon in, in the the world of what's going on, and people are like, why are you running? And he never stops for them, right? And, you know, there's all these different things, and, you know, he, he's just like, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just running, you know, and to clear his mind, whatever he's doing, but there's just this point in this period in his life where he just runs. And then the the best part about all of that, yeah, I did while I was praying, sorry, uh, <laughs> uh the best part about all of it is he runs for years and there's one day and then all these people start running after him because they're like, hey, we're going to be like this guy. And, and then one day he's out in the middle of nowhere and he just stops and he's like, I think I'm going to go home. <laughs> and it's just like, what? And, and all of it, but it's just like, why are you running, dude? And, and he has no really good purpose. And so with Paul, the same things could be said, only the exact opposite, right? All of the reasons that Forrest Gump is out there running for absolutely no purpose at all and, you know, you know, there's a lot of good things you can get from that. The, the exact opposite is going on with Paul in his life, right? Behind every step was a purpose. Behind every decision that he made, 
was a purpose. Behind every word that Paul said in his life was a purpose. Behind every thought that Paul had, there was a purpose. And in our life, we should be able to say the same thing. Behind everything that we do, there should be a purpose that gives God glory. I, I pray this all the time that, you know, I pray every time I pray, I try to say this, like that God would get all the glory no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm driving nails, whether I'm pouring concrete, whether I'm preaching the word, whether I'm hanging out with my wife, whether no matter what we're doing, I pray that somehow God can get the glory from it. And if he's not, then man, it's a waste of time, you know, and it, there were a lot of things in my life that I had to just quit doing because at the end of the day, there's only so many minutes before the clock runs out. There's only so many minutes, and, and at some point you have to decide, what am I going to use my minutes doing? Am I going to come to the harvest party and hang out with people who don't know Christ, or am I going to go and, and do this, right? It's supposed to be really nice next weekend. Praise the Lord, right? It's, it's supposed to, the weather, as of right now, looks really good. Uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm scouring the calendar trying to find a weekend that we could maybe get back on the lake one more time. But it's like, what am I going to do? Nah, Chris, I can't come, man. We're No. Like at some point I have to say the things that I want to do are nowhere near as important as the thing that God wants to do, right? It, it just, that's the way that it, it works out. And at some point you have to have less of you and more of him in your life. It has to be the priority because you've only got so many minutes. Your kids only get to see you do so many things. What do they see you doing? Your wife only gets to see you do. Your husband only gets to see you do so many things. What are you doing with those minutes? Like I'm not as young as I used to be. I think you guys understand this point. Like I, even since I started teaching Passpoint, I'm not as young as I used to be. Like every morning I get up and I'm ripping the gray hairs out of my beard because I'm not ready for that. I'm not as young as I used to be. And one thing, I haven't learned a lot of things, but one thing that I've learned in the time since I've been saved is, man, the minutes, they just, they keep ticking. The years, they keep ticking. The days, they keep going. And like, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if it's a good day, a bad day. It doesn't matter if something great happened or a, 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 tra- a, a travesty, a tragedy happens. And the minutes, they just keep ticking. Life doesn't slow down for you. It doesn't. And you know what that means? It means life is not slowing down for anybody else around you. And those who are like destined for the lake of fire, man, those minutes are ticking. What are you going to do with it? And that's what Paul's talking about here. He's like, everything I do, I do for a purpose. Every thought that I have, every, everything that I'm going to do. Paul lived a life that was more thought out, more purposed, more unapologetically for Christ than, than any, anybody that I know. Like, we look at Pastor Brian, and I'm like, this dude's got like a 49-year plan. And we've got a pastor retreat coming up where we plan yearly, right? But then, you know, he, he's already let us know the pastor retreat this year we, we do a lot of planning at the pastor. That's what we do. We go out on Friday night um, with, with our wives. But then on Saturday, it's like an all-day planning meeting. Yes, it's great. Um, and he's already told us, man, you guys need to be ready because we're planning for the next seven years. It's, this, it's the next seven-year cycle. So it's not just this coming year, but we've got seven years to... And it's like, as much as we think Brian's got it all together, man, Paul lived a life that was so purposed that everything that he said, that he did, that he thought, man, it was, it was for them. And it begs the question... Why are you running, Paul? Why are, why are you doing this, Paul? Why does it got to be like this? This passage shows us that not only not only why he was running so fervently, um, but also it, it makes me and it should make you ask this question: Why aren't I running? Right? When you read this and you're like, "Man, this guy was really sold out for God. This guy was really on fire." It should beg the question: Why aren't I? It should make the question: What more could I do? And I, I mean, I look at my life and I think I'm pretty involved and I still wonder what else could I do what should I be doing what do I need to 
to sacrifice? What do I need to do? Because this would, and so here's what we've got today, and I've got enough time to get through this. Three reasons Paul was running and why we should be too. Three reasons Paul was running and why we should be too. The first several verses, he, he talks about how he can be all things to all men. He says, For though I be free to all men, yet have I made myself a servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became a Jew that I might gain the Jews, and to them that are under, uh, that to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. And to them that are without the law, as without the law, being not with, uh, without the law to God, but under the law to, uh, to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might gain the weak. And I made all things, I, I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do, this is why I do those things, for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. Paul's like, hey, I, I meet people where they're at. You know, we understand that Paul was born uh, Jewish, right? And so he was, he was all the things to the Jewish church at the time that they needed to receive the gospel, right? Because at, at this time in history, you know, if you weren't Jewish, you couldn't really just go share the gospel with a Jew because they'd be like, you're not Jewish, right? You know, and it would, and it, it's kind of like this today, but it's not the same. And, you know, but if you're Jewish, you wouldn't be able to go to the Gentiles because the Gentiles are like, oh, you're holier than I am, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Paul made a purpose in his life to be whatever he needed to be, right? We also understand that he was the apostle to the Gentiles. He was able to morph his life into whatever he needed to be to get the gospel where it needed to go, right? If I need to be this, then I'll be this, right? And it doesn't mean that you need to be, you know, bellied up at the bar so you can win those guys. That's not what that means. But what I'm saying is you need to understand how to minister to those who are around you. And there's going to be obstacles in the way of all those things. You need to figure out how to do it. You know, how am I going to reach my neighbor who is whatever, right? You know, maybe he's a carpenter. Well, I'm going to probably use the fact that, hey, I'm, I'm a carpenter too. You know, find some sort of common ground. You know, how are you going to reach you know, your, 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 the, the parents of the kids at school, right? Well, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to hang out with them while we go to the football games. I'm going to do these kind of, whatever you need to do to meet people where they're at, right? Paul was willing to become whatever he needed to be so the gospel would have free course. He was a Jew to the Jews. He was a Gentile to the Gentiles. He was a servant when he needed to be. He was weak when he needed to be. He, he even put himself in prison so he, the, the gospel could go forward. You willing to do that? Because I'm guessing probably not. Are you willing to sacrifice all your rights so that you know, the gospel might save somebody? Oh, no. We live in America. We don't do that. I mean, I'm not trying to be kicking you in the teeth or anything, but I'm saying this is what Paul's trying to say here. Like he's trying to say, you want to know why I do what I do? This is why I do it. Because God gets glory when I do it. Paul had more, quote-unquote, rights than anyone knew. Than even that we as Americans think we've got rights. Oh, I can't do that. You can't say that to me. You can't do that. And you know, Even in the culture we live in today, like now it's all about our rights. And you stepped on my rights and you kicked my rights. And like, you know what? You've got rights in Christ. Let's start there. Like, I'm not here you know, knocking on anybody. I'm just saying, like, you have rights in Christ. Do something with those. He had more rights than anybody knew, yet he willingly laid them down so that the gospel could move. What are you willingly laying down so that the gospel can move forward? Flip over to the book of Acts. Like, let me just give you a quick rundown. I don't have time to read all of this, but you know, this is just a, a, a picture of what Paul is talking about when he says this. Uh, if you go to Acts chapter 21, and I don't have time to read all of this, but I'm going to read some of it. Um, so you can understand what's happening here. So Paul, we understand he went on these three missionary journeys, and the whole goal was to 
to get to Rome. He wanted to get the gospel to everybody. He wanted to get the gospel to the people in the synagogue, which would be the Jews. He always went there first. He wanted to get the gospel to the Gentiles. That's where all these churches came from, the church at Galatia, Philippi, Ephesus, Corinth. All all these churches are because he went and and shared the gospel with them. They were all Gentile people. He did that too. But you know who else he wanted to get it to? He wanted to get it to the leaders of the world. And, you know, at some point, you don't just walk up to the White House and say, can I speak to the president? Uh, I want to share the gospel with him. Uh, You're going to get shot before you get there if you don't stop when they say stop. The point is, like, he understood there's, I'm going to have to go through some things to get to these people, to actually get to what I'm saying. And so starting in verse uh, 36, 21, 36. so the multitude of the people followed after, crying away with him. So he was basically bound. He was a prisoner at this point, okay? Uh, and Paul, and as Paul was being led to the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee? Who said, Can thou speak Greece, Greek? He's like, Wait a minute. You, I, I thought you were just a, a nobody, right? Wait a minute. Well, what do you mean? All of a sudden he's speaking his language. You ever seen the very end of the movie Rush Hour, Right? The very end of it, like in the end credits. So we understand the whole time, you know, in the movie, Chris Tucker, he's like to Jackie Chan, he's like, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And, you know, he's like, nobody understands the words coming out of your mouth. You know, he's like, why do you just assume that uh, I don't speak English? You know, later on, because Jackie Chan, he pretends like he doesn't speak English. And Chris Tucker, he's like, why didn't you tell me you speak English? He's like, why do you just assume that I don't speak English, right? And because well, you're Chinese. Well, in the end credits, uh, they're on the airplane flying back, and uh, there's this uh, scene in the end credits where uh, Chris Tucker speaks like an entire conversation in Chinese to the stewardess, and Jackie Chan looks over at him like after the movie's over. Why didn't you tell me to speak Chinese? He's like, why didn't? You, why'd you just assume that I didn't, right? And so, like, don't just assume. And Paul. So anyway, uh, I. If it's like song lyrics, if it's movies, I don't know how that's even in there. In where? Your head. Yeah. <laughs> There's just things up there, man. Yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think we've watched those before we were married. I'm saying some things just stick. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so the point is like, don't just assume. And so this guy's like. Can, can thou speak Greek? Are there not an Egyptian, which before those days made us an uproar and led us into the wilderness for th- uh, 4,000 men that were murderers? But Paul said, I am a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city uh, of Sicilia, a citizen of, uh, of no mean city. I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs. So Paul's like, can I speak to you? He's like, well, I didn't even know you could. Wait a minute. I thought you were. And then he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a citizen. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be in trouble if I don't let you. And so he gives him uh, leeway to do it. And what's he do? In verse 22, uh, the guy's like, okay, fine. So they're leading him up, and he's, he waits till just the right time. He's on the stairs. He's like up higher. There's a multitude of people. And he's like, hey, can I speak to thee? And he, now he's got this pedestal to speak on. And what's he do? In verse 22, he starts sharing his testimony of how he got to where he's at. And I don't have time to read all that, but it shows that how he was all things to all men. Uh, he used to persecute Christ, but he doesn't anymore. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. 22. Yeah, chapter 22. And throughout the whole, the whole chapter, he gives this testimony of uh, how, you know, this is how I got saved. This is how uh, I you know, got the gospel to the Jews. And this is how I got the gospel to the Gentiles. And all this. He, he uses his freedom to become bound. And then he uses his citizenship to then preach the gospel. He's using what God has given him in the, in the right times. He doesn't just pull out the My Rights card. Right, he waits till the right time. 
And he goes through all of this. And then in verse 21, uh, then he said unto me, and he said unto me, depart, for I will send thee hence to the Gentiles. And that's Paul's basically saying, I was called to the Gentiles. And, and in verse 22 of chapter 22, and they gave him, and they gave him audience unto this word. They, they heard what he had to say until now. Then they were mad. They're like, no, you're not going to the Gentiles, Paul. And he, they lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out, cast off their clothes and threw dust in the air. And the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle. And he bade them that should be examined by scourging. So he, he uses his rights at the right time to get the gospel out, knowing that it's going to prick them at their heart. And then it gets to the point where the crowd's at such an uproar that they're like, okay, get him out of here. But what did he do? He got the gospel where he needed to go. And then he gets into the castle. He gets in there. And uh, the whole time... And he gets to uh, verse 30 on the morrow because he would have known certainly uh, whereof he was accused of the Jews. He loosed uh, him from his uh, bands and they commanded the chief priest and all their council to appear and brought Paul down uh, to set them before him. So he not only uses his opportunity to preach the gospel to the multitude while he's there, but he gets before the council. That's his whole point. He gets there by what? Making himself lower, by letting himself become a prisoner so he could get there. You don't just walk up to the White House and say, this is what I want to do. You have to find a way in, right? You have to find a way to become what they need to be. And then uh, there's one other thing I want to show you. Um, man. Well, anyway, the same thing. Is that he does this again throughout this passage where he gets to a point where they're like, nobody's going to hear you. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Don't you know who? I'm a Roman citizen. In, ver, in chapter... Chapter 22, verse 25, when he says he's a Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I, you, that's exactly what it is. I thought it was in the next chapter. So anyway, they, they, they take him off, and in verse 25, and they bound him with, with thongs, uh, not what we were talking about last night, and not, not flip-flops, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they like bang, they bind him with... Uh, sorry, I had to say that. Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that's a Roman? So now he's like, they're getting ready to beat the dude. And he's like, oh, are, is it going to be good for you when they find out that I'm a Roman citizen and you're beating me? And then they're like, whoa, why didn't you say that? Oh, just, just throwing that out there. And so what do they do? They're like, okay, we're not going to beat this guy. We're just going to put him in the jail. He can go talk to these guys tomorrow. He waits to throw his rights card out until it's absolutely necessary. And the point is, like, Paul is becoming all things to all men. He doesn't just do what we would do. Oh, we can't go through that. Oh, he does what he has to do, right? And so there's a lot more that you should read through the whole thing. I don't have time, obviously, but he, he lays down his rights to do all this. The question in our life becomes this. What am I becoming to get the gospel where it needs to go? What am I becoming to get the gospel where it needs to go? Because honestly, I'll be, I'll be completely black and white with you all. This is what usually happens. It's the opposite. What are we becoming that's keeping the gospel from getting where it needs to go? What are we doing in our life that's keeping people from hearing about Christ. What are we becoming? It's not what am I becoming to get the gospel where it needs to go. It's what have I become that's keeping the gospel from where it needs to go. I've become a little worldly in this area. I've become a little carnal in this area. It's not what have I laid down for him. It's what have I picked up that's keeping it from getting where it needs to go. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. You need to become a servant. You need to become... What, what is it that you need to become? A student, maybe. Become humble. Become poor. Become weak. Become more like Christ. Because less of you and more of Christ every day become less of you and more like Christ every day, and you'll start to see what Paul means here. It, it's really not about us. 
It's really not about the things that we like to do or the things that we want to do. It's about what does God want me to do today? How can the gospel go forward today? Like, there, there's a, so there's a point in life. We all, we all get saved at some point, if we get saved. Um, and then obviously, we're here on a Sunday morning, so I'm assuming that's where we're at. We get saved. And we say, I want to live my life for Christ. And that's awesome. And, you know, we, we get discipled maybe, and, you know, we, we start to learn a lot about the Bible. We, we come to church on Sunday mornings, and, you know, we think that we're all in. We think that, yeah, I'm on board with Christ. But for some of us, and I say some of us because this doesn't happen to everybody, um, and it should, but some of us just choose not to. Some of us, at some point, we realize what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is talking about. We realize that God's saying, I don't just want, you know, you in heaven with me. I, I, I want you to be part of what I'm doing on earth. I want you to, like, buy in to what's happening here. Like, I understand you got things you like to do, and you can do those things. Like, we use our hobbies to uh, reach people a lot of times, right? And so, whatever that means, I'm not saying that you can't uh, watch football games. I'm not saying that you can't uh, do some of the things you like to do, but what I'm saying is at, at, at some point in life, and a lot of times God will make this happen, he'll put like things that are really important on the same day. He'll put things that are really important at the same time for you to decide what's more important. And you're like, well, I mean, couldn't we do that a different day? Well, maybe we could. I'm not the one who scheduled it. God is. God wants to know where your heart's really at. He wants to know how bought in you really are. Most of us come to a point in life where it's like, you know what? All that other stuff, I don't even care. What, what can I do for Christ? You know, and, and sometimes you're like, is it really worth it though? Let me just say, there is nothing more fulfilling than seeing somebody get saved. Seeing somebody's life changed. Seeing somebody say, you know what? Um, I, I don't want to burn the lake of fire. I'm on board. Yeah, that's worth everything that I've missed. I'm just saying. Like, that's what Paul's talking about here. Why are you running, Paul? That's the first reason. I don't know, what was it? I can't remember. Uh, because, uh, because there's too many people who don't know the truth. That's the first one. Did I even tell you guys that? Man, I'm sorry. That was the first reason Paul's running. Because there's too many people that don't know the truth. That's the first reason, verse 19 to 23. Because there's too many people who don't know the truth. I'll give you a second to write that down because I'm ready to give you the second reason now. The second reason. Why are you running, Paul? The second reason. Because souls are worth running for. That's why. Because souls are worth running for. The culture understood, that in the time that we're talking about here in Corinth, the culture understood personal sacrifice in the sense that it could eventually bring them personal glory. Right? The verse says... Uh, wait a minute. That's not the right chapter. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, verse... Uh, well, I don't know. It's the uh, 20, 24 and 25. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that they may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we, we an incorruptible. The culture understood what personal sacrifice for personal glory was like. Remember the Roman Colosseum, uh, you know, the Roman games that went on all the time? There were, quote-unquote, athletes that would, you know, do these things, that they would sacrifice everything else in life so that they could train for this one thing, that they could be all for this one thing. For what? So that they could maybe win, that they could maybe gain personal glory. And that's, that's the point he's talking about. He, he says that. He's like... You guys understand. Know you not that they uh, which run in a race run all, but only one wins? One wins the prize, so run that you may obtain. Every man that striveth for their mastery is, is, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to attain a corruptible crown, something that's for them, but I do it for something that's incorruptible. 
I'm doing the same thing that they do. Why are you knocking on me for it? I'm just doing it for a godly purpose, and they're doing it for a worldly purpose. Paul points out that they're doing it for a corruptible count, but he's doing it for the incorruptible. Here's some references for you. I don't have time to go there. Read them on your own time. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. 1 Peter 1, 4. 1 Peter 5, 4. These talk about, man, there's something worth striving for. It's more important than your worldly junk. We need to understand that self-glory fades as years pass. But giving God glory becomes brighter as we near the end. You know, somebody wins the, the rushing title in the NFL, it seems really cool, right? Somebody wins the MVP in the NFL, you know, in the MLB. You know, who won it 10 years ago? I don't know, that dude, he's washed up. He's unpassed. Right? They even go to the Hall of Fame, and most people don't even know who's in the Hall of Fame. They know the people who are recently in the Hall of Fame. I mean, but like, even you know, they talk about you know, these guys got inducted to the Hall of Fame this year, and I don't even know most of those guys, and I'm, I'm a pretty avid football fan. Because they're so, it's like, it's out of our recent memory. And so that's the point. That's the point I want you to understand here is self-glory fades as years pass. Every year that goes by, people remember less and less of it. But... Giving God glory, it actually comes brighter as we near the end. Why is that? As we near the end of our life, all of those things that we gave God glory for, they're just like shining brighter and brighter. Your uh, glorified body, it's looking better and better. The crowns that you're going to be laying at Jesus' feet, there's more and more of them. Years pass from self-glory, and it's like, I don't even know who that guy is. Right? Didn't he play for the Broncos? I don't know. Like, didn't he play for whoever? I don't know. But you know what? Given God glory, the closer you get to the end, the brighter it becomes, the more that you start to remember it. You're laying up treasure in heaven for what? So that when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, not the great white throne, but the judgment seat of Christ, man, you got something to show for yourself. You got something that's like, yeah, um, and can I get some jetpacks on my glorified body, please? Right? Yes. Like, because, because why? Because everything that you did, you did it for Christ. It wasn't for worldly junk. It was for Him and only Him. Are you living for now or are you living for later? I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. There's a question there. Are you living for now or are you living for later? It says that this life is but a vapor. Right? It's like, you know, you ever breathe on a mirror? It fogs up. But it goes away pretty quickly. That's what this life is like. You're going to have eternity with Christ. And man, if you're somebody who is like only living halfway for Christ, like, you know, only, only going half speed... Um, Man, I think you're going to have a lot of regret in eternity because you could be this, but instead you aren't because of what you did with your vapor of a life compared to your eternity with Christ. I don't know. I'm just thinking. The third reason that Paul's running and that we need to be running, because i got to get done. i cut a bunch of stuff out. Sorry. Because if he didn't, and if we don't, God's going to find somebody else who will. The first two points are really important to me. This one scares me to death. Because if I don't, God will use somebody else. If I don't, man, there's somebody who will. And I don't want to stand before Christ and explain why I didn't. That's not a... a you know, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Uh, there ain't no explaining to do to Christ. But I wanted to go do this. and I ain't having that conversation. This scares me. This scares my socks off, guys. Um, because if I don't, he'll find somebody who will. The last two verses say, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, 
so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. He's like, there's purpose in what I do. I'm not just out here bo- shadow boxing or whatever, you know. I, I, there's actually purpose to what I'm doing. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Let me just really quickly get to the point here. We don't have to wonder if we're doing it right or not. You don't have to wonder, like, I wonder if this is really where God wants me to be doing it. The will of God is pretty simple. The will of God is pretty simple. It's not very hard to judge, am I in the will of God or not? Is this thing that I'm doing in the will of God or not? Is this direction that I'm going, is it in the will of God or not? You know, a lot of times we don't just boil it down to black and white like that, but maybe you should. Like, at the end of the day, was today in the will of God or was today not in the will of God? Okay, not so much. What am I going to do tomorrow? How is he going to get glory from me tomorrow? You know, was I a good husband today? Well, not so much. Well, okay, how am I going to do it better tomorrow? Was I a good, you know, father? Was I a good employee? Was I a good employer? Whatever it is, like, it's not very hard to boil it down to, was I in the will of God or not with what I was doing, right? And it is what it is. Don't be a half-run, half-walk kind of Christian. You know what I mean? Like, you see, you see, like, cross-country, and they run. They're not running as fast as like a sprinter, but at least they're running, right? Or you go and you watch like a track event, and those guys, they're running hard, right? But there's nothing that drives me more crazy, and I don't know why people do this, but they got like this half run, half walk coming. They got like hitching their giddy up, and they're just like, what are you doing here? Power walking. Just walk, right? Just walk. No, I'm not talking about power. I'm talking about like the people that like take it one step further, but they're still not running. I'm like, what is the purpose of what you're doing here? Like, either run... And then walk, or but what are we doing? It's just like, what? Why? I don't understand. It just drives me crazy. I don't know why. It's just like, I don't, I don't get it. So in, the, in the Army, if you get injured, you do a, like an injured PT test. So instead of a two-mile run, you have to do a two-mile walk. And if at any point you jog, you're disqualified. So you're at this pace where you're like, you want to run because you're going fast enough, and it is more painful yeah. and excruciating to do that walk than it is just to run it and just get it over with. Yeah, don't don't be a don't be a half run half walk kind of Christian. What? Yeah, but Hebrews twelve one says this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, lay us, lay us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily to beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I love that verse because how do you run with patience? It's not half run half walk, right? It's knowing that I need to be running all the time. If Christ has asked me to do it, it's worth my run. It's not worth me halfway doing it. It's worth me running. But it's also worth me knowing that like, I'm not done tomorrow. Like This is a lifelong race. So I'm going to run because who knows, tomorrow might be my last day. So I'm not going to like, you know, oh, I'm going to walk today so I can run at the end. I'm going to run, but I'm going to run at a pace that I can run my entire life. Like there's something, run with patience. There's something to that, right? It's not a sprint, but at the same time, I'm not going to start out walking either. I'm going to run with patience. Paul decided he would rather be overly sold out for Christ than risk becoming a castaway due to a carnal type of lifestyle. Now let me say that again because I think there's something we need to hear there. He decided he would be overly sold out for Christ than risk becoming a castaway. That's what it says. He doesn't want to be a castaway due to a carnal type of life. And you're like, what does that mean? Let me, let me make this very black and white and we'll be done. The clock's fast, so, you know, I still got time. No, I don't. It's actually slow. Sorry. My bad. I'm, I'm backwards. Let me just boil it down. I got like two more phrases. 
Who wants to be a hypocritical Christian? Who in here is just like, you know what I really want to be in my life? Is somebody who is hypocritical. Like, in my Christian walk, that's what I want. Okay, nobody. Let me me, me just ask you this then. Do you realize that you are always, no matter how sold out you are or how backslidden you are, do you realize that you are always only one decision away from being just that? You are one decision away from being hypocritical. No matter how many times or years you've been saved, not times, how many years you've been saved, years you've served Christ, you can be the pastor of the church. It only takes one bad decision to wreck it. You can be the best husband in the world, the best wife in the world, the best father. It only takes one bad decision to have the label hypocrite your, your entire life. Stop putting feathers in your cap because this is what I've done. Because Paul realized that I'm one bad decision away from being cast away. Not cast away from Christ, but cast away from the thing that I spent my entire life trying to be. Sold out for Him. It doesn't matter how good you think you are, how on track you think you are, you're one bad decision away from being a hypocritical Christian. So everybody's like, no, I don't want to be that. Okay, well you better be on point. Paul's like, I would rather be overly sold out then risk being in a situation where I make one bad decision. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Paul was running because when you see somebody go from death to life, it's worth it. And that's why we need to run too. That's why he's running, because it's worth it. You see somebody get saved, and all of a sudden it's like, that's why I do this, and that's why I'm going to do it tomorrow, because it's worth it. Well, but i got this other thing to do. I don't care. Go do what you need to do then. I'm not living for you, I'm living for Christ. I'm just saying, that's, this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be at the harvest party. Why? Because there might be somebody there that needs to hear the gospel. There might be somebody there who brings their kids. I don't know. It's worth it. That's why. You want to know why Paul does what he does? This is why. And I'll just be honest with you. This is why I do what I do. People are like, man, you and Paige, you're just sold out. Like, nobody really gets to where you all are. It, what was it, eight, nine, ten years? I don't know how, how many years ago we got saved. It's more longer than that now. How old's your daughter? Uh, she's going to be 14. Okay, so it's almost 14 years ago. Hey, math is hard, y'all. People are like, nobody gets to where y'all are. I was, I was more loster than you are, than you were, and this is where I'm at. Because I, I gave it to Christ. What'd you say? More loster. Yeah, like I, was, I, was, I, was, I was so far off the deep end. But you know what? Like people, people look at us and they're like, nobody gets there. And I'm like, I feel like we got a long way to go. That I could grow leaps and bounds. And so what I'm saying is, stop comparing yourself with people and be like, hey God, where do you want me to be today? Where do you want me to be tomorrow? And what's going to get you the most glory? Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I won't be there at the judgment seat of Christ when you're you know, hashing it out with Christ over the crowns that you're going to receive. It's going to be you and it's going to be Him. Stop trying to please me or your spouse or anybody else. You might want to get on the, the train of pleasing God. Because I won't be there for that conversation. You will. I don't know. I'm telling you, like, I didn't have none of this stuff. God gave me all this this morning. And so if you're mad at me, be mad at God because uh, this was all Him. I would have like completely overthought all of this. This was all God. Let's pray. Sorry for being late. Father God, I love you. Thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for an example uh, and an end sample in the in the body of Christ, such as Paul, uh, who shows us that, you know what, uh, we don't really have any rights anyway. And so uh, if we're going to try to pull the right car, we better do it at the right time. Um, different contexts. Uh, 
so that God can get the glory. Man, uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, allow us to evaluate our life and see where you know maybe we need to get some things a little more lined up with you and a little less lined up with what the world says that we probably ought to be doing. And uh, God, I pray you get the glory from everything that we do, uh, whether we um, nail boards together and whether we cook meals, uh, whether we you know, raise kids, whatever we're doing, you know, play sports, whatever, um, that you get the glory for it, God. Uh, I pray that everything that we do really does shine light on you and it allows people to see that, man, we're sold out for you and that's all that it is. And God, I, I just pray for uh, just your churches. These are hard things to hear, but man, when you get on board with it, it, it really makes these things easier. Um, it, it, it's hard to hear for somebody who's doing the half run, half walk. Um, but when somebody decides that, you know what, I'm going to run, these things aren't so hard to hear anymore. Um, and so, Lord, I pray that you would just prick us at our hearts and uh, allow you to make the changes in our life that are necessary. Uh, Lord, pray you just preach through Pastor Brian today. Uh, just give him the words to speak and praise you for the things that you did in their family's life this week. And, uh, Lord, I pray you just continue to heal up Elizabeth. Praise all in Christ's name. Amen. So, Jason.